ridiculous, isn't it? What a ridiculous thing. It would never happen. Why on earth am I wasting your time talking to you about things that would never happen and telling you about them because they actually did happen? But it wasn't this queen, we know. It was a king. The story that we're going to look at today is a story as outrageous as that one that we might have conjured up in our imagination. But sometimes we've heard it so often, maybe we haven't, but many of us will have done, that we just lose. We lose the power of it. We lose seeing how radical, how outrageous it actually was. And so I've asked Grace. Grace is actually going to read the story for us. The words are going to come up here. And so let's have a read. It's a story that actually takes place, though, not um, at the start of Jesus' life. We've, we've been thinking, ooh, be careful with her, please, Yvonne. <laughs> Thank you very much. Sit her in my seat. Sit there, Your Majesty. Uh, we've been preparing. We've been preparing for Christmas. We've been preparing for this moment when the, um, the majesty, the wonder, the awesomeness, the power, the glory of God in Jesus was gathered just into a few cells and placed within a young woman named Mary to be born Jesus the boy who had become Jesus the King. This time of Christmas that we're preparing for, when we celebrate the man before whom all knees will bow, the light of the world, the King. All knees, whether those knees belong to someone who has great power like the Queen or is utterly powerless, maybe like the girls in Casavida, Whether uh, the knees belong to somebody who has followed and loved Jesus or who hasn't who has ignored him or rebelled him or not thought much about him. One day, all knees will bow before Jesus, who we've been thinking about as we look forward to Christmas. So this story, though, as we think about Christmas and and the king coming to the world, this story actually takes place at the other end of his life, the story we're going to listen to. So thank you very much, Grace. Are you turned on? There. Thanks. Thanks, Rob. Thanks. Uh, Just before the Passover feast, Jesus knew that the time had come to leave this world and go to the Father. Having loved his dear companions, he continued to love them right to the end. It was supper time. The devil by now had Judas, son of Simon the Iscariot, firmly in his grip, all set for the betrayal. Jesus knew that the Father had put him in complete charge of everything, that he came from God and he was on his way back to God. So he got up from the supper table, set aside his robe and put on an apron. Thanks, Grace. Servants did things like this, picked up towels and did things like that. Jesus was a teacher. He was a master. It was completely beneath him to even think of taking off his robe and picking up a towel. But that is what he did. Jesus, in whose presence this world was spoken into life, humbled himself at Christmas and became a man. And then again and again and again, he humbled himself and became a servant of men and of women. The story continues with Jesus as the servant. Thanks, Grace. Then he poured water into a basin and began to wash the feet of the disciples, drying them with his apron. When he got to Simon Peter, Peter said, Master, you wash my feet? Jesus answered, You don't understand what now what I'm doing, but it will be clear enough to you later. 
Peter persisted. You're not going to wash my feet, ever. Jesus said, if I, don't wash your, if I don't wash you, you can't be a part of what I'm doing. Master, said Peter, not only my feet then, wash my hands, wash my head. Jesus said, if you've had a bath in the morning, you only need your feet washed now and you're clean from head to toe. My concern, you understand, is holiness, not hygiene. So now you're clean, but not every one of you. He knew who was betraying him. That's why he said, not every one of you. After he had finished washing the feet, he took his robe, put it back on, and went back to his place at the table. Thank you very much. Thanks, Grace. Jesus even washed the feet of the one that was actually set to betray him. N.T. Wright says that this story isn't just a story of love portrayed. It's a story of love betrayed. It's a story that is not cosy. It is not romantic and mushy, a little bit like Christmas. It isn't that, because Jesus knew the agony that was awaiting him in a few short days. He knew what lay ahead for him. He knew that that would mean disarray and suffering for his followers, for those that loved him. He would be mightily stressed by that, yet he doesn't seek comfort he doesn't seek assurance for those from those who love him, but he showers his love. He showers his kindness onto them. And Jesus' undeserved kindness for you and for me is as intense and as outrageous as his love for those first followers that he had. I think for each one of us, that kindness looks a little bit different, though. So I can't really stand up and tell you he's been kind to you in this way and you in that way. But I thought what we'd do is something a little bit different. And we just pause for a moment. And we just think about, how is it that God is kind to me? I know that some of you here may not even say that you have even are even sure that Jesus existed or you don't know whether you believe in Jesus or you don't know whether you follow Jesus. I'd invite you to join in this moment with us. Whether you're young, whether you're a child here or not, we're just going to take 10 seconds of quiet. And I would invite you in those moments to actually have a conversation in your head with God, even if you've never done that in your entire life. If you don't know that you would say you're a follower of Jesus yet, I would invite you to say, Jesus, I don't even know if you're out there. But is there kindness that you want to give to me? Have you got kindness that you want to offer me? If you're a follower of Jesus, whether you're a child or whether you're an adult here, maybe just for those 10 seconds you want to say, Jesus, will you just remind me of your kindness to me? And we're just going to stop and see what pops into your head just for those 10 seconds, and then we'll carry on. I find it helpful to shut my eyes when I do that, and so you're welcome to do that or not, whatever you're comfortable with. So let's just pause and ask God to remind us of his kindness. Now imagine Jesus coming and kneeling before you and washing your feet. It's pretty unsettling, I think. I know that Peter, you can open your eyes if you'd like to. You can keep them shut if you'd like to as well. 
I know that Peter found it really unsettling. He protested to it, didn't he? He didn't want his master uh, washing his feet. It was an outrageous idea to him, such kindness. It can be unsettling to receive kindness from people. But if we really believe that that is the degree of kindness that God offers to us, I think our response has to be thankfulness and praise to him. Later on, we're going to, um, during communion, sing a song. And if you just have any sense of wonder, then can I invite you later to wholeheartedly join in that praise. But maybe even as you sit here for the rest, just to be, be thankful to God for his amazing kindness to us. Now then, Jesus, having washed the disciples' feet, says to them, I want you to be like me. I want you to do what I do. I want you to go out there and be kind to other people. The problem is that sometimes I think we only sort of half do this. I'm going to explain what I mean to you. When I was a little girl, I loved, I still love music. Absolutely loved it as a little girl. I sung my way through my early years, I think. I try and sing now, I'm told very clearly to be quiet (laughs) by my own children. They don't appreciate it. But I sung and I sung and I loved music and I wanted sweet music to flow through me always. And um, so I remember when I was about five, I learned the recorder. I have very few. (laughs) They groaned. I'm about to play this for you guys, the only time I ever play an instrument. I have virtually no memories of it, but I have still my recorder. This would be an antique, wouldn't it? Over 40 years old. Um, so I had my little recorder, and, um, and I can't remember, but I, I know that I learned it. I, um, and actually, this is the only song I learned. I'm going to play my repertoire so that if you ever do this, you can invite me to come and do it. Okay, you ready? It'll be terribly squeaky. Oh, it's twisted. Excuse me. London's burning. Thank you. Thank you. I'm on Cindy's books now. The invitation's coming. (laughs) But the only memory, I have no memory of it at all, other than one memory. And the memory is that I was invited, I think with a couple of others, to play in assembly, to stand next to the piano and to play this song. And I only remember the moment. And I remember standing there and looking at the music and not having a clue what it was saying to me, what notes I had to play. I don't know whether that's because I never knew and I hadn't really learned to play music or whether it was just one of those complete and utter blanks. But I remember just standing there thinking, nah, I have absolutely no idea. And so I stood beside these other girls and this is what I did. And I tried to have in the corner of my eye these other girls. Oh, it's terrible. They could have been boys. I've no idea. And so if their fingers went up, I tried. Oh, fingers up. (laughs) And not an ounce of sweet music flowed from me at all. But I was completely convinced that everybody thought that I was making sweet music. I really did. It was only as an adult when I thought, they probably guessed if they watched me. (laughs) I did not know. But there certainly wasn't anything powerful and amazing and beautiful flowing through my recorder on that day, nor since either, actually. But I think that sometimes when we're 
acting in kindness, it can be a little bit like that. And the power and the beauty of Jesus's love and kindness isn't flowing through us. Uh, So I think what we need to do is we need to look at, well, um, when Jesus showed this incredible utter kindness, where was it coming from? So Rob, can I have that verse? Thanks. It says this. This is before Jesus gets up. It says, Jesus knew that the Father had put all things under his power and that he had come from God and was returning to God. So he got up from the meal, took off his outer clothing and wrapped a towel round his waist. The verse before that actually says that at this point, Jesus knew the agony, the death that was coming to him. It says that he knew that one of his disciples and he knew which one was going to betray him. And then it says that he knows that at that moment he has all power and authority from God. Jesus at this moment has the power to turn people's heads to the right, if he wishes, to turn people's heads to the left. He has more power than that. At this moment, Jesus could move a mountain, could quieten a child. At this moment... (laughs) I wish I'd had that power ever. But um, at this moment, Jesus could have got, he could have risen up, got the angels to join him and could have had every knee on heaven and on earth bowing before him in that moment. He held all the authority and the power of God in that moment. He knows in that moment where he has come from, the majesty, the splendor of heaven. He knows in that moment he is going back to the glory. And what does he do? What is the one thing that rises within him and stirs within him? And he does. The one thing is he loves. He doesn't use that power and authority for anything other than for love. It rises within him. Compassion, utter kindness for people. That's why he gets up from the meal and does that. He is compelled to kindness, to reveal the character of God, the character of God being kindness, compassion, goodness, and love. It is from his knowing of who he is. It is from his knowing, his knowing of God within him, God through him that he can stand up and love other people to show compassion, even loving the one he knows is about to betray him, about to go and do that. So as we prepare for the coming of Jesus, the light of the world, as we reflect on who he is, we're shown also how we can live if we're people that choose to follow Jesus. However broken we are, completely broken or not very broken, we're called into a loving relationship with Jesus, with God. We're called into a place where we learn more about who God is and we can learn more about who we are, the purpose that we have in our life, where we are heading in our life, in our days. We're called into a relationship with God that can transform us and bring healing more healing, more healing to who we are. And then from this knowing, along the way, in this relationship, again and again, we're called to be kind, to be kind, to be kind. And when we love like this, the power and the beauty of God can flow through us. I know for myself, 
I get myself into a little bit of a pickle sometimes. Sometimes when life is a bit full, I get a bit stressed. I had a moment like this on Monday morning of this week. And at these moments, I can stay in a place of feeling overwhelmed, slightly sick, a bit stressed. Or sometimes things trigger me. And I get up and I'll go somewhere where I can be by myself. I often will get down on my knees, not always, and I talk to God. And I just ask him for his help. I bring to him, I talk to him about the things that are stressing me, the things that I've got on or whatever it is that's giving me stress at that moment. And I find as I stop with God that often he will show me something, help me to see things in a different way. Maybe he'll just show me the beauty of the person that I'm meeting with, the joy of doing what I'm doing. But he will change my perspective on it. Doesn't say, okay, okay, you don't have to do that. You don't have to do this. But he changes the way I think about these things so that it turns away from me looking inside of myself and can mean that I can look out to other people, that I can hopefully live in a way where God's power and beauty and compassion and love and kindness can flow through me to others. So maybe our challenge this morning is to go from this place and to find a space. Even if we've never done this before, we haven't yet even sure we're going to follow Jesus or not, but just go and spend time with him and talking to him. If our life is full, saying, God, can you show me my purpose in these moments? Can you help me to live through these days? Can you carry some of this for me? Show me how to think about this, please, God. But actually to spend some time, maybe in that time, he will soothe us or comfort us or challenge us or reorient our thinking. He will meet with us the way that we need him to meet with Um, the way we need for him to meet with us. He will grow our knowing of him. He will grow our knowing of ourselves and then do it again and again and again through our lives. Or maybe our challenge, because we know this, maybe our challenge is to say, God, where do you want to stir up loving kindness this week? What have I got on today? Is there a place today that I'm going where you want to stir up within me compassion You want to stir up within me utter kindness for somebody else. Because it is amazing when we show costly demonstrations of kindness, they can have life-changing impact on the people that we meet. Now, this morning, we've got a few people with us who are going to be going out over their holidays. They're going to be pretty kind with their time over their holidays. They're going to be going out and they're going to be serving. So we'd like to stop on this Sunday before Christmas and just um, hear what they're going to be doing and pray for them. But before we think about people who are going to be doing something... Bella is here. Bella, stand up. Thank you very much, Bella. Um, We missed Bella's going because Bella has been and has gone and has come back. So, Bella, you've been away. I know there's a microphone somewhere that will come close to your mouth, I'm hoping. Um, You've been away to Uganda in Africa, um, like on a schoolies trip. So you were taking some young people to a village in Uganda. So can you probably turn around, actually. Um, Can you tell us what were you doing when you were away? Um, So a lot of it was building a mud brick house in a little village where they bring in orphans from the slums um, and make like little families with the local widows as well. So that was a lot of it. And then we just visited a lot of the ministries um, that that charity is involved with as well. Fantastic. And when you were out there, did you experience or see the kindness of God at all? Yeah, it was actually really cool. Like We sort of go over there 
and we expect to give stuff to them. But they're actually so kind and so welcoming to us. And they just get so excited about having us there and they want to make us so comfortable and so welcome and so loved. And it's just like, oh, wow, like you don't even know us, but, yeah, you love us so much. So that was really cool. That's fantastic. Uh, Bella, not only was your kindness going over and leading the schoolies group, but I know you have been kind all year and Matt is going to come up and just say something, Matt. Are we on? There we go. Um, I just wanted to acknowledge Bella um, in front of all of us just for a moment. Just stay standing, Bella. <laughs> um, so this year, Bella's actually been doing an internship at New Community here. Um, and that's involved a, a range of things, but chiefly you've been over the road at this time of the day most weeks throughout the whole year where you've been looking after the grade fives, sixes and sevens, um, running a program over there and coordinating a whole bunch of people. Uh, you've thrown yourself in headlong into that, which has been awesome. But some of the other things you, that have been cool as part of the internship, you've been doing some good study uh, at the Melbourne School of Theology as well. So there's been some really cool stuff and Bella's given herself really headlong into it and, and we just want to really acknowledge you and say thank you. Um, and we've got a little gift for you there, Belle. So thanks heaps. are some other, um, I think that mainly younger people who uh, are going to be going away. Are any of you here? If you are, can you stand up? Where are you all? Oh, Lucas and Jonah, there we are. Lucas and Jonah, what are you going to be doing? Um, So both of us are going to be heading away on a camp called ESA that we first went on as young kids, but then we've been called back to lead on, which is a great experience of sharing Jesus with young people um, and also journeying with them through their lives. Um, and then a couple of days after we come back from camp, uh, we're heading off to the Philippines where we're taking some friends to play some basketball and share Jesus um, with those who don't really know Jesus too well and aren't living in the best conditions, but um, the smiles on their faces and their receptive hearts are what bring it, take us back every time. So. That's fantastic. Stay standing, both of you. And, Jonah, you're going to... Is there anybody else? I know there are a number of... I know the Stapleton girls are going to be serving on a camp or something. And I know the Reed girls... There's somebody... So, Viv's there. They're, they're going, where are they going, Viv? They're going to be serving on top of the beach mission. On a beach mission. Fantastic. I know the Reed girls are going to be doing some serving around. Are there others that I'm forgetting? No. Okay. Well, stay where you are. We'd lo- stay where you are. Um, we'd like to pray for you guys, including those that aren't here. So let's just pray for these people. God, I thank you that you are so incredibly kind. You are kind to us. God, I thank you that you stir up um, within us a kindness and a love for others. I thank you for all these young people who are getting involved in amazingly generous ways, and Bella as well, who has given so much this year. God, I pray that not only will they know your kindness to them, um, your presence with them as they go out and about, but that they will pour kindness on other people as they do that. And God, help them to have great fun while they're doing that too. So be with them. Thank you, God. Amen. Thanks, guys. Thank you. As part of our reflecting on Jesus, the light of the world, and... um, we're going to be sharing communion together. I don't know if there's many next door, but I know there's a communion table next door as well. And we've got a couple of tables, three tables around this room as well. It's time to stop and remember. Time to stop and remember the kindness of God. And Jesus, in going to die on the cross, 
dying and suffering reveals this love of God to us happened so soon after the story that that we were reading about with Jesus's body being broken for us with Jesus's blood being shed for us this act of phenomenal kindness and revealing of God's rescuing love to us so today we're invited to remember this together Today we're invited to bring anything that might be slightly ugly or stained within us to Jesus and ask him to forgive us, to give us a clean start. He offers us a clean start again and again. It is wonderful. Peter, the disciple, didn't want Jesus to wash his feet, but Jesus said, you have to do this to be part of what I'm doing. So if we're here this morning and we want to be part of what Jesus is doing, then we need to come and remember. He calls us to come and remember his death, the pouring out of his blood and the breaking of his body. You're very welcome um, to stay seated. If this is something where you're not sure that um, you want to be part of what he's doing yet, you haven't fully checked out Jesus yet, then please just stay seated. Absolutely fine. Listen to the music that's playing. But if you are a follower of Jesus, I would invite you to come up and to take some bread, to take a cup, to take it back to your seat. Um, You might want to share it with your children. Share it whenever you are ready to do that. But as we do this, there's a card as well on the tables. It might be silver or it might look like that. So if communion is something a bit new to you and you want to know a little bit more about it, then these are excellent cards to read and that can guide you through that time of taking that. And music will be played during that time. And if you just sense a gratitude to God stirring within you for his kindness to you, then I'd invite you to join with our band and join them in singing that time. But we're going to take this time to stop, to remember the kindness of God for us. So whenever you're ready, do come and join us.